around us, the world around us is broken, right? There, there's uh, the perfect creation that God created. We've talked about that, and we read about it in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. But that perfect creation has been made imperfect by sin, right? So, like, we see evil, we see death, we see misplaced priorities and greed and confusion of right and wrong and suffering and oppression and all sorts of brokenness in the world around us. But it's inside of us, too, right? Like, we're not just victims of brokenness, but we add to the problem. We, we do everything to our benefit, to benefit ourselves, and we often neglect and hurt other people in the process of that. Like, think about this. How often do you lie your way out of getting in trouble? How often do you spend all your money at the snack bar but you see kids at school who don't have nice clothes to wear or they may not even have lunch to eat, right? Like, how, uh, when's the last time that you ignored your conscience telling you to do the right thing because you thought it might be difficult or scary, right? Like, we do things to benefit ourselves selfishly all the time. You and I are just as broken as everything else in the world. We are filled with brokenness. You, you may be in church right now. You may read your Bible and pray. You may be a Christian following Jesus, but that doesn't mean that you are perfect, right? We, don't, we, we all give in to our evil, selfish desires. We're all broken inside. We're, we're almost like a vase that's been shattered on the floor, right? It's, it's been shattered on the ground into a million pieces, and it's impossible to be able to put it back together, right? The, the brokenness and the evil that are around us seem unavoidable, but it's not just people harming us and us harming other people, but there's internal struggle that we have as well. Sin causes all sorts of internal brokenness. Things like uh, we have evil desires that we don't want to have, or we are giving in to our sin that we don't want to do. We want to do the right thing, but we do the wrong thing anyways, right? We, even mental health and all of the insecurity and confusion that comes with that is caused by the brokenness caused by sin. So if we want any hope for figuring this out, if we want any hope of being able to fix the brokenness. We need someone unbroken. We need God to come in and fix the problem. Someone to piece back together and repair the broken vase. Someone to make us whole. Now, God cares about you, right? He, he cares about more than just your faith. He cares about more than you just come into midweek on Wednesday nights. He cares about you, all of you. He, he cares about your mental health and he wants you to be whole. So in this series, Whole, we are talking about how God walks alongside us in the midst of our mental health struggles. And he cares for us in the midst of those struggles. How he holds us together when all of the pieces seem to be falling apart. He's making us whole despite our brokenness. So tonight we're talking about the mental health journey 
of body image. Now, you don't need to raise your hand, but think to yourself, how many of you related in some capacity with Josephine's story, right? Like, maybe it looks different for you, but maybe it's not pinching your stomach or overworking out or bulimia, but there's something about yourself that you just hate. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you never seem to look the way you wish you did. Or you go out and are constantly tugging at your clothes because they don't fit the way that you wish they did. Maybe your thoughts are constantly criticizing yourself. Maybe you feel insecure when people look at you because you think that they're judging you just as much as you criticize yourself. Right? If I had to guess, most everyone in the room has struggled with this in some capacity. All of us, I would say, right? But the Bible actually has a whole lot to say about our bodies, right? As, as people of faith, we focus on spiritual things, right? Things that we can't see. But we are still people that live inside of a physical world. So the world we know is based on our senses, like our, our touch and smell and hearing and seeing and tasting, right? So this split between the physical and the spiritual is, is part of the reason why religion is one of the most disagreed things in the world, right? It, it's, you can't observe God the same way that you look at the stars, you can't observe God like you measure the number of atoms in a molecule, right? It doesn't work the same way that we're used to in the physical world. So God, being the all-knowing and wisest being, knew that despite our faith and our trying to focus on the spiritual, that we're still people in the physical world. We're still people who have physically, physical bodies, and this plays a huge role in our lives. And so he wrote quite a bit about our bodies in the Bible. But most of it points back to this idea. God values the heart more than physical appearance. God values the heart more than physical appearance. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Johnny, isn't the heart an organ? And isn't the organ like a physical thing inside of my body, right? So yes, but when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about the organ that's inside of your chest. Instead, it's referring to your motives, why you do the things that you do, right? It's referring to why you do the things that you do. For example, when you're determining who you want to hang out with, do you look for the friends that wear the best clothes or have the coolest house or have the most friends and will help you become more popular? Or do you choose your friends based on who will be a good friend to you and care for you like you are caring for them? What about when you decide what to eat or what to wear? Are you thinking about what you'd like other people, or what other people would like you to eat or like you to wear, or are you thinking about what you would like to eat or what you would like to wear? Maybe you're thinking about your weight, right? When you think about your weight, 
if you're unhappy about it, what makes you unhappy about it, right? Is it focused on impressing other people or is it honoring the gift that God gave to you when he gave you your body? We get focused on the physical. We get focused on external factors and we forget about why we do what we do and God is much more concerned with that. He says in 1 Peter chapter 3, do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is God, in God's sight is very precious. Now, it's using all sorts of fancy words to essentially say a beautiful person is someone who is good on the inside, who has lots of value and who has a godly personality, right? It's not somebody who looks nice on the outside, who wears nice clothes, who's super fit, who looks really nice and professional or anything like that, but instead, it's someone who it matters more what's on the inside. God wants you to worry about who you are on the inside more than about what you look like on the outside. Think about it this way, right? Would you rather date someone who was the most beautiful person on the planet but treats you like trash? Or, or would you rather date the most caring person in the world but they're just average looking? Now, all right, I hear some of you responding to this, and I actually thought of this because I think I would have responded the exact same way as you when I was in middle school. But here's my challenge to you. If you answered the more attractive person, listen up, listen up. If you answered the more attractive person, be in that relationship, right? Be in that relationship and see what it's like. See how long the abuse is worth it before the attractiveness doesn't matter right? It, it ultimately will lose its value. But if you're with somebody that cares about you and loves you and treats you well, the, the attractiveness, it's, it's insignificant. I promise you, if you get in that relationship, it won't end up well. Just trust me on this one. But if, if you're going to be stubborn, learn your lesson on your own. All right, this is what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 16. When they came... He looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So again, here uh, we see this story here. Give you a little background. The Lord is using Samuel, this prophet, to be able to choose who the next king of Israel is going to be. And so when he goes uh, to where the Lord led him, he's in front of the family of a man named Jesse, and Samuel immediately sees his oldest son named Eliab, and he sees this tall, handsome dude, right? And he's like, immediately, oh, that must be the guy that God chose. But God says, no, that's not what I'm focused on. This is not the idea. He assumes that because he's tall and handsome, that means that must be who God chose, who God values. But instead, the Lord says, that is not how I see it. Man look on outward appearance, I look at the heart. The heart is more important to God. 
Now, all of this is great if you are struggling with judging other people by the way that they look, which I'm sure many of you do. I do it, you do it, it's okay, but you need to improve on that, right? It's something that God instructs us is not the way we should value people, right? We should value them based on their, their heart, not on their outward appearance. But what about if you are struggling with the way that you look? What if you look at yourself and you feel critical or you don't like the way that you look? What does the Bible tell us about how to view our own bodies? Well, the first thing is that it tells us God didn't make a mistake when he made you. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He says in Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All right. So when I was in college, I did one year as an engineering major. And I did absolutely terrible. I flunked like every class. But one of the projects that I had to do was I had to create with a team of people this car that I would race against other people built with a mousetrap, all right? And so we decided that we were going to use the mousetrap in a way that it would destroy the car but transfer as much energy as possible so that it would go as fast and as far as possible. So it was a one-time use car. And so as I'm building this, I had to be very careful not to let it go off, otherwise it's gonna self-destruct. And so I'm fearfully or carefully building this mousetrap car because I don't want it to break, right? And so it, the Bible is telling us that in the same way, God is fearfully or carefully constructing your body as your mother was pregnant with you. He is carefully constructing you. He didn't make a mistake, but he made you exactly as he intended to make you, which means, right, he fearfully created you, and what else? He wonderfully made you, right? You aren't ugly. You aren't misproportioned. You aren't unlucky. God made you exactly as he intended to make you. And God looks at you and is in awe of how beautiful you are. Every single one of you. God looks at you, and he is just awestruck by how beautiful you are. So God didn't make a mistake when he made you. Next thing that the Bible tells us about how to view our bodies is to protect the holiness of your body. It says this in 1 Corinthians, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have, uh, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, it, it talks about a temple in here, which is kind of a weird thing, but here's what a temple is. In the Old Testament, temples are buildings that serve as a place to access God's presence, right? They're a place to access God's presence. And so they were these holy places that had all sorts of rules and regulations to make sure and protect that God's presence wouldn't leave that place. And so they had, you had to be clean to enter. You had to, the temple had to be well-maintained. You had to protect it from threats. There was even workers called priests who would stay there to be able to take care of the temple. Now it's saying here that your body is a temple of God. So your body is not only a gift that God gives to you to take care of, but it is something where God's presence resides. 
God's presence is dwelling inside of you if you are a Christian because he gave you the Holy Spirit and you now serve as that temple. And in the same way that the priests were to take care of the temple and protect it and make sure that the God's presence didn't leave there, you are to take care of your body, right? You are to protect it from unholiness that will make God's presence leave it. So all sorts of things that you can do here, but just a few, eating healthy, exercise, taking care of your body, literally, are things that are commands from God to be able to protect the gift that he gave to you, to take care of it well. Don't abuse things that harm your body, like drugs or alcohol or even junk food, right? Like the, you can eat junk food, but don't abuse those things, right? These are things that harm your body. Protect your body from physical harm. There's all sorts of things here. There's a bunch of different ways that you can protect your body, but you are called to protect your body because it is a gift from God and it serves as a temple of his presence. The last thing that I want to talk about us with tonight is about getting your priorities straight. Sorry, get you priorities straight. Sorry, my bad. Get your priorities straight. So Matthew 6 says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All right, so how important is your body really is the question that it's getting at here. Like, clearly it's a responsibility that God has entrusted to you. You're supposed to protect the holiness of your body. It is a responsibility. But how important is it? Where on the priority list does protecting your body fall? Is it the top priority? No. It's not what it says here. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So don't let the focus of your life become what you look like or what you eat or how much you exercise or anything related to taking care of your body. Make it a priority, but don't let it be the focus of your life. Instead, God says to focus on the kingdom of God, which means focus on knowing God, focus on following him, and focus on helping others to do the same thing. That is the priority that he gives to you. This is to be your biggest priority. Now, there are a bunch of ways that body image impacts us. Maybe you are sitting here and you feel like you need to lose weight and you just feel like you can't. Maybe you're happy with your weight, but you're obsessed with always having the best outfit on. Maybe you're not giving enough attention at all to your health and you're abusing your body. Right? We, but no matter where you're at with body image, it has to be a balanced priority. 
The priority exists, it's on the list, but it is not at the top, right? Focusing on God, focusing on the kingdom of God is to be our first priority. Now, it's difficult to change your mindset on this. However you're struggling, it is difficult to be able to change your mindset. Just about everyone in this room struggles with this in some capacity. And so to be able to think differently about your body is difficult, right? We don't have good examples of this because everyone struggles with this in some capacity. But here is the reality. God is powerful enough and he can transform your mind. God can transform your mind. He says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So you aren't on your own to figure this out. God can help you with this. He's with you, he cares for you, and he desires for you to have a healthy body image. And one day, God promises that Jesus will return and fix all of the brokenness in the world around us, including your body image including all of your mental health. One day, all believers will be without any brokenness and we will get to live with God in that perfect world forever. God promises to make his followers whole. And in the meantime, he is beside you. He is caring for you and he's with you the whole way. So in a moment, we are going to break into small groups and you guys are essentially, you need to find a leader and you're gonna spread out somewhere in this room. Don't leave the room, please. You're gonna find a leader, spread out somewhere in the room and there's gonna be some questions to discuss on the screen. But before we do that, we're gonna pray. Will you guys bow your heads with me? Father, thank you so much for time to be able to talk about what uh, you have to say about our bodies. As we take in that wisdom and all the different verses that we talked about, Lord, I know that there's a lot of different ways to struggle with body image. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak uh, through your word and through myself tonight that uh, you spoke to each of these students, however they may be struggling, that you would be able to encourage them and help them to view their bodies in a more healthy way. And Lord, as we take time to discuss this in small groups now, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to be vulnerable with the people around us so that we can use the community that we have here at Midweek to be able to support one another as we walk through the body image mental health journey. We ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus. Amen.